G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. On a Wednesday, we like to check in on those breaking news headlines as they're coming out of Israel and more broadly across the Middle East. Ron Ross has been scouring those news headlines for us once again this week. He's back with us. Hey, Ron, welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Some serious developments in Israel. Uh, Let's start with uh, the headline, Ron. Despite ongoing national protest, the Israel government passed key judicial reform on Monday. What's being reported here? Yeah, the Israeli lawmakers passed a key bill as part of the government's controversial judicial overhaul on Monday, despite the legislation sparking some of the biggest protests in Israeli history. Members of Parliament passed the so-called reasonableness bill by 64 votes to zero after opposition lawmakers left the Parliament in protest. The bill would see the abolition of the reasonableness standard, eliminating the Supreme Court's ability to block government decisions it deemed unreasonable. It's part of a package of bills proposed by the government seeking to overhaul the judicial system in Israel. Netanyahu himself was hospitalised over the weekend and had a pacemaker installed. Despite that medical issue, he was present on Monday. Protests by tens of thousands of Israelis against the reforms turned violent outside the parliament during the vote. There were several arrests. Major businesses and tech firms shut their offices on Monday in protest. Banks were reopened for emergencies only. Oren Buter, chairman of the movement of independent businesses, slammed the decision that was hurting employees and has now threatened a lawsuit. Well, stories about this are the dominant headlines this week. And another one says, uh, before the vote, Israel Army veterans issued an extraordinary alert regarding a deep fracture in the military over the legislation. How does this one look? Yeah, former Israeli soldiers raised what they called an extraordinary alert on Sunday over the deep fracture in the military caused by the ongoing judicial crisis. In a joint statement, the veterans said the situation is far worse than what the army leadership has described and is now affecting active duty soldiers. Some 10,000 reservists announced on Saturday they'd join the boycott if the government does not drop this legislation. The escalations came a day before the Israel parliament was set to vote on the bill. The veteran statement on Sunday warned that soldiers' protests have now extended beyond reservists and as effective active duty soldiers. Herzlevi, Israel Army Chief of Staff, said, the numbers are growing every day. The situation is far graver than what the heads of the military are describing. In a recent development, 73% of intern doctors went on strike yesterday. 
Well, crisis has lots of dimensions. Uh, Another headline around these issues, Ron, the terror group Islamic Jihad seized on the opportunity and declared we must use the crisis in Israel for war. Yeah, Nasser Abu Sharif, a member of the Islamic Jihad terror group's political wing, has called on the Palestinian groups to unite in a war against Israel. Abu Sharif stressed the Zionist entity is also facing crisis and are suffering from significant internal disagreement. Therefore, the Palestinian nation is facing a new stage and standing before an historic opportunity which it must utilize for fighting for the sake of the Palestinian problem and to achieve victory and remove the occupation from Palestinian land. Speaking at Al-Quds Radio, which is affiliated with the Islamic Jihad, Abu Sharif said that the Palestinian struggle is continuing and even intensifying in Judea, Samaria and Jerusalem because the Palestinian people see the struggle as the proper way to fight the Zionist operation which executes the policy of Judaizing the land. Well, all these tensions, clearly very uh, uncomfortable for everyone, but let's turn our attention to another discomfort that's going on right now, Ron. Another headline, and perhaps taking a little bit of sight from that one, Israel and the local region are braced for extreme heat. How's this one? The Israel Meteorological Service warned of extreme heat on the coastal plains, fueled by a scorching desert wind. On Saturday, temperatures above seasonal norms were recorded across the country. It was up to 42 Celsius in the Red Sea coastal city of Ilat, where the mercury is expected to climb to 44 in the next few days. It was nearly 37 in Bathsheba, 40 in Tiberias, and 27 in Tel Aviv, 33 in Jerusalem. A nine-year-old girl in the Negev died of heat stroke, according to Soroka Hospital in Meshiba, where she'd been transported. Across in Egypt, people have been left frustrated and struggling to complete daily tasks in the heat because of constant power cuts. The power cuts, which are primarily affecting villages in Upper Egypt, as well as the Delta region and Cairo, come amid soaring temperatures. Temperatures recorded in Egypt this year have ranged between 40 to 50 Celsius. Okay, and let's top off our headline update today, Ron. A different dimension altogether again. Many Christians know the story of Corrie Ten Boom and her family. They saved more than 800 Jewish refugees. The Nazis brutally retaliated, and now their story returns. What's this one? And this is from the author of a new play. The words say, 80 years ago, a couple of middle-aged women and an elderly man altered the course of history. The Ten Booms, a humble family of watchmakers outside of Amsterdam, boldly save over 800 Jewish refugees during the Nazi occupation of the Netherlands. The impact on the lives they saved is exponential and impossible to calculate. But the Ten Boom family paid the consequences. When they were discovered by the authorities, most of the family was sent to various prisons. Corrie and her sister Betsy went to Ravensbrück concentration camp in eastern Germany. And when all had settled at the end of the war, Corrie, single, middle-aged, grief-stricken and traumatised, 
fancied lost nearly everyone close to her. But it's what she did with that monumental loss that continues to make her story resonate today. She didn't just pick up the pieces of her previous life and move on. What she'd been through had fundamentally altered her calling in life, and she bent the rest of her years first building a rehabilitation centre for women from concentration camps, and then travelling the entire world, going wherever she felt she could speak, to preach, to witness to what she experienced, both in the darkness and in its aftermath. She chose to forgive the Nazis. And it's very interesting that she lived a wonderful life, and there's a new play to be released worldwide, The Hiding Place, by A.S. Peterson, and it'll be launched from August the 3rd. Well, we'll keep our eyes open for The Hiding Place. It is a famous and very powerful story of Corrie Ten Boom. Hey, Ron, thanks so much for scouring those headlines for us once again and for delivering those wonderfully on 2020. Thank you, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 